0: hello everyone welcome back if you are joining us for the first time we are glad you are here cover story is a podcast dedicated to music in our first season we have been exploring some cover songs we really dig you can check out all of our archived episodes including show notes over at the thecoverstorypodcast.com as always i am joined in our porch studio by my co-host filler aka the bone aka boner Filler and I go way way back and grew up in this quaint little beach town which provided tons of space for late nights on our porch and early mornings in the ocean. Filler and I want to thank everyone for reaching out to us so far. A huge shout out to Lauren for sharing her kind words about last week's episode, which touched on getting through some dark times. It's hard out there, folks, and we just got to keep hanging on and helping each other. Anyway, in tonight's episode, let me set the stage. It's a beautiful Saturday in Allenhurst. We've been hanging on the porch and just polished off the last of what I'm fondly calling Mama's Moonshine. There's a nice east wind blowing off the ocean and the temperature is just perfect. Perfect for some Genesis and perfect for some police. On side A, we are covering the Red House Painter's brilliant cover of the Genesis song, Follow You, Follow Me. And on side B, we feel the summer vibe with some reggae and steel, (laughs) steel, (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it. Steel Pulse's take on the police's can't stand losing you. And without further ado, filler, will you press play on Side A, Seal Ru Play. By the start of 1978 the classic lineup of genesis had lost two members peter gabriel left in 1975 after the lamb dies down on broadway steve hackett quit after 1977's wind and weathering but they could take some comfort in the knowledge that the band now had a wider fan base and that was largely due to one song the pop savvy follow you follow me with its simple betrothal of love and sing song chorus there had been songs with a more accessible flavor on previous Genesis albums, such as Ripples from 1976, A Trick of the Tail, and Your Own Special Way from Wind and Weathering. But the follow-up, and then there were three, and specifically the one that became its first single, Phil Collins, Tony Banks, and Mike Rutherford, set out with the express intention to write something that would attract a broader range of fans. Specifically, they wanted more females. They wanted to help shift the perception that Genesis only made long, complex, instrumentally elaborate rock, for prog rockers allergic to melodic succinctness. According to a 1984 Rolling Stone interview, Mike Rutherford says, Until Follow You, Follow Me, our audience was very strongly male. After it, all the guys were able to say to their girlfriends, here's the song you like. So they'd come along to the gigs and of course they'd enjoy the whole evening. It changed our audience ratio and we got more women after that. Follow You, Follow Me wasn't originally intended as a single. Initially, Rutherford explains, it was just a riff I had. Tony then put some chords behind it and a couple of really unusual changes. In those days, we'd just work on bits and put them all together. It could have been part of a long song. We were never really good at writing short songs, he says, despite having grown up with the Beatles, the Kinks, and the Small Faces as inspiration. We were an albums band, and it's quite an art to write a song that works in three and a half or four minutes. But this one had a natural life as a short song. It was a simple idea musically. Once that guitar figure was in place, Rutherford knocked out the lyrics in ten minutes flat. He goes on to say in the article, Well, not quite ten minutes, he says, bristling slightly. It was the first time I'd written such simple words. They were inspired by my wife Angie. We were away a lot on tour, and I wasn't seeing her an awful lot, as happens with bands in the early days. So I thought of her. It was such a simple sentiment, unlike, you know, all of the other words at the time. And so you write it from the heart quickly. I thought, God, this song can't be any good, he adds, laughing. Normally, lyrics take agonizing over and developing. But then you look at Follow You, Follow Me and realize that's the charm. And yet, for all its engaging qualities, the song is far from sappy. It's one of those songs you hear now on the radio, and for some reason, it's not sugary, Rutherford offers. It could so easily have been a little sappy. But it's the way Phil sang it, the combination of everything. It sounds convincing. It was the first real sign of Genesis' pop sensibility, one that would help them become, over the next decade or so, one of the biggest bands on the planet. So, now on to one of my favorite covers of all time by the Red House Painters. I was turned on to the Red House Painters by none other than the Duplass Brothers. I'm a huge fan of their films, television, and creative collaborations. So when Jay Duplass mentioned in a podcast interview that he gets his, into his creative zone by listening to the Red House Painters, I figured I had to check them out. The Red House Painters were an American rock band formed in San Francisco, California in 1988. They were one of the most prominent acts associated with the slowcore, sadcore subgenre. Fronted by primary songwriter Mark Kozalek. Kozalek is no stranger to covering the classics. He's taken on Simon and Garfunkel's I Am a Rock, Moon River, the Henry Mancini written standard first performed by Audrey Hepburn in Breakfast at Tiffany's, and Genesis's Follow You, Follow Me. Along with the Red House Painters, Kozalek has totally embodied new life into each version by focusing on the simple melodies and yearning vocals. The Red House Painters' take is a distinctly late night one, in that golden area where Kozalek's voice always sounds like it's about to crack but never does. The Red House Painters covers are gorgeous renditions and they set the bar high for how good a cover song could be. Take for example their cover of the Cars 1978 song All Mixed Up. Now to be fair, Rick Ocasek and the MTV generation from which I proudly hail, I absolutely adore the Cars and all of their kooky, exotic videos and brilliant songs. However, when I first heard All Mixed Up by the Red House Painters a few years ago, I fell in love with it immediately. In fact, I had no idea it was a cover until many moons later. Conclusion. There's something about this cheesy love song by Genesis that I simply love. And it goes back to something Filler said in one of our earlier episodes, that a beautifully written song is just that, a beautifully written song. right, so...
1: There, there are so many different eras of uh, Genesis, and they start off as this prog rock band in the seventies, and they're nerdy, no doubt, straight yeah. through their whole careers. But they're they're so influential, and they have such a pop sensibility. And they have two, um, they have two people in their band that are brilliant songwriters. They have Peter Gabriel, and they have Phil Collins. Yeah, um, and you know, Peter Gabriel, he he leaves. Late seventies, early eighties, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, um, the band takes a total left turn, and then you know charts every time they make a single. It's it's very interesting, and and it's it's always like this heady synthesized music. But anyway, I'm wondering, you know, there's four of us sitting right here. There's uh, there's me, Bone. Bone. There's JD. 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 There's Amanda, and there's Jenny. And I'm wondering what all of our first experiences are with Genesis.
0: Genesis.
1: Yeah. So Amanda, what's the, like going back? What's the first thing that hits you listening to Genesis?
0: It's that as a young person. It's that video <laughs> that we watched last week to prime pr- prime up for this. The the um, it's always uh, just a shame. That's all. Right, and we were trying yeah. to figure out like that video was so wacky because they're all dressed yeah. like Oliver Twist and they're like you know, who knows where. And you said something so funny last week that this is what you pictured London in England to be like, (laughs) watching these videos. And then, of course, the wall.
1: Like a creepy piece.
0: Pink Floyd, like such Uh, a dark, like sadistic...
1: Like it was so creepy to me as a kid, yeah. Yeah,
0: but then that Pink Floyd video, the wall where, another brick in the wall where there's there's students and they're like, basically like marching in solidarity and the teachers and everything like that. Um, But so, yeah, Genesis... I would say that, and then of course, Susu Studio, just uh, a, a brilliant song. It's so
1: funny you bring that up, though, because I remember being a, a little kid. Um... I was
0: being sarcastic about Su Studio, by the way. <laughs> Don't no, want no, anyone. No, it's funny to to that like... you
1: bring up like being like 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 we're almost saying we're like a, a little bit like not knowing where to place these things, and yeah. it's so like these British things yeah. when we're little little kids. And it's uh, the stuff that's being played on the radio in the car. I remember listening to, like, another one bites the dust. Yeah. Like, as a little kid. It's, it's uh, not understanding, like, what that lyric meant. That yeah. was the hook. Like, I don't understand what that means. Um, it was a little dark. It was a little creepy. Yeah. But it was, like, kind of like... Uh, but it grabbed you. Yeah. Even when you were, like, two, five. Mm-hmm. five. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of grabbed you, like... Uh, but you didn't realize these people were, like... You know, British. Yeah, British. And uh, well,
0: that's the funny thing. I don't understand. And that, like,
1: that's where the that's where like music was. Uh, How come British music was people, happening?
0: when they sing, they don't sing with a British accent?
1: Well, that, that is an interesting question. There's a lot of Americans. There's a lot of Americans that there's a lot of Americans that are influenced. Uh, a lot of American vocalists that are influenced by British music. That sing with a British accent, but don't talk with one, huh. and vice versa. Um, oh, you know, I, I think it's just influence. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but well, no, I do know, um, because you know, so many British rock musicians. Are so influenced by like by we're so influenced by American rock music and or just American music mm-hmm. music coming from. Uh,
0: I think it's interesting that uh, Peter Gabriel. You know, so I I didn't know this about Peter Gabriel, but in the beginning, you know, the Genesis started in like '68 or something like that with a group of dudes, one of whom was Peter Gabriel, and he was really like a David Bowie esque mm-hmm. kind of guy wearing costumes and really out there. No and Phil Collins was on drums. Um, so I think it's a real credit I mean, you know I'm not gonna right. I mean, I do, I do Phil, I, Phil I do Collins like,
1: was not supposed to be
0: the singer He wasn't supposed to be the singer Peter Gabriel leaves um, And Phil Collins steps into that role Then it's just the three of them And I mentioned right. in the reading That Mike Rutherford Is the dude that went on to be In Mike and the Mechanics Which I right. forget that Like they had a couple of songs That came out I it. Yeah, Mike and the Mechanics Yeah um, but but so so this album in 1978, and then there were three, that's when he steps in to uh, – Phil Collins steps in, and they come out with this Follow You, Follow Me, which is all like right. their breakout. And then they had so many other hits. Um, some weird songs in the 80s, like late 80s, early 90s, like that yeah. we, we Can't Dance. Um, and then also like The Land of Confusion. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And But at the same time, Peter Gabriel had that video. Um, he had all that like Sledgehammer and um, – yeah. The um, what was the one with Reagan in the bed or oh, that was Land of Confusion okay yeah
1: Peter um, Gabriel is doing brilliant shit like for, for that for that handful of mm-hmm. years Don't and it's know.
0: like it's crazy that he like he, so his first um, single number one single was In Your Eyes and Genesis mm-hmm. is you know follow you follow me which is kind of funny they're both pretty right. like
1: uh, well they both so Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel both had the ability to write uh a, a brilliant pop song. Mm-hmm. Um, Phil Collins, I, I think, uh, could do it. Could do that more like on the dime. Mm-hmm. Peter Gabriel, I think, was the more experimental of the yeah. two, no doubt. Yeah. Peter Gabriel could go to a, to a like a little bit of a more dark yeah. place much more easily. Um, but, but, yeah.
0: I was texting filler about that Phil Collins song, or is it Phil Collins, or is it Genesis? Against All Odds. It's like how can that song is like so sad? My goodness, yeah, it's a movie,
1: yeah, 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 probably. There you go, (laughs)
0: Jeff Bridges, Rachel Ward, our IMDb we have here. Um, I don't even know. But that song is like so sad, Um, but it's it's a good one. It's a good like love ballad. Oh yeah, you're right And it, that was the song Against All Odds." You stand there.
1: Genesis Yeah So I got into Genesis Like uh, um, More consciously later And I really liked their prog- Or I really got into like Their, their more prog rock Early stuff mm-hmm. From the 70s and it was definitely like you, you would have never seen them uh, become something in the '80s that that would have been like charting and popular. And but they always were. They always yeah, appealed they, to people. They even appealed to people in the '70s doing like their more nerdy pro rock shit. Yeah. I mean, they just had it like they have like a different brand of uh, or a different. They're bred to. To make music that's accessible, but like in this very odd way, Mm -hmm. Um, I don't understand their appeal. They have like this lasting power. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I don't know. They're just easy. They're like a, you know, like a breakfast cereal. Uh, (laughs) They're
1: easy sometimes, and they're hard other times. Like they're like they're almost like dorky.
0: I hated that we can't. I Can't Dance You know that song That's like the worst song It's like You know if you had to be Like trapped in hell And like only had one song On, on <laughs> repeat the, It would be that Or like that, that, You know Yeah, know. yeah fucking, I like, hate I And mean, then they had the one. video Where they're doing the yeah. thing But the other one is Losing My Religion By um, You R. know there's A. something Weird
1: happening in the 80s though. Where like, all, like Old guys that are like Receding yeah. yeah. Was, like, you can just put their faces front and center in yeah, video. Yeah, you're and, and, right. Like, but, like, I, it was, it, I think it was, and, you know, it was early. It was early in, like, video land. And so I, I'm not sure, like...
0: It wasn't that yeah, early, well, though. It was, like, the 90s, 90, like, 91. When, in
1: the grand very, scheme. Like, like, you know, just a totally, like, dad outfit. Yeah,
0: you're, he was was, you're right. He was, you're right.
1: Dude, warm. there is this aspect of the 80s where, like, there's this like weird like old guy thing. happening. Yeah, you're right. Like on the on vid- with yeah. the videos, but yeah. like it didn't. It, it still appealed to everybody. I think the medium was was still so relatively new. Yeah, you're right. That it was just like okay, we can kind of put anything on
0: like it. Yeah, like it really good, there. right? Yeah. I love it. And I had no oh, yeah. idea um, that all mixed up, which is such a good song by the Red House Painters, is a car song. Oh, that's a car. I, song. I love oh, the cars. Yeah.
1: And I love the cars. I'm a big cars. The singer. cars are I love awesome. The cars all day. All
0: you day know long. those videos. Oh my god. Yeah. Well,
1: there's a very famous. Well, it was made famous. the uh, The last song on the Cars' first record, um, is uh, a song in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, oh. where Phoebe Cates. Uh, it's a famous scene. Phoebe Cates gets out of the water. And it's, it's Brad, and, and Brad is um, in the bathroom masturbating. Mm-hmm. And he's fantasizing about his younger sister's uh, friend, who played by Phoebe Cates, mm-hmm. who happens to be swimming at the pool, in the pool at the time. Um, he's fantasizing about her, and he's jerking off in the fucking... Uh, bathroom? In the, in the bathroom. <laughs> and and in, in, in his fantasy... As one does. In, in, in his fantasy... Um, the last song In the first Cars album Is playing And And uh, Phoebe Cates Eventually <laughs> walks in and catches me Oh and almost vomits And I'm like
0: Phoebe Cates Married Kevin Klein. Yeah, yeah. yeah They're and still They're still, th- still. Yeah. They're still together um, But that Cars uh, The original All mixed up It's such a weird song um, With so much Background music And The dude from Red House Painters Just totally strips it down And Makes it I I mean, I just, I had no idea it was a car song. So So that is very cool.
1: Summer music. I think it's time for us to talk a little bit about summer music. I have a lot of random summer memories from being a little kid. Summertime was like heaven for me. I grew up a block from the beach. I could walk there with no shoes on at 9 o'clock in the morning, and nobody would check on me until I came home for dinner at 7 o'clock at night. It was a small town, and it was a safe town, and it was a little paradise 50 miles south of New York City, and you would have never known it. I have this vivid memory of being 8 or 9 years old and walking down to the beach first thing in the morning with my sister's big, yellow, waterproof sports walkman and a copy of the police's Ghost in the Machine on tape. I remember my young ears vividly drawing my attention to how clean and refined the music was production-wise, the detail and clarity, the precision of the drums, the sheen of the guitar lathered in delay, the space in Sting's bass playing, and the refinement in his voice. It was a super sunny and very quiet day on that July morning, and as I rounded the building perimeter that housed the beach club pool and lockers, I looked towards the boardwalk and the ocean's horizon. I think I remember this very vividly just based on a good feeling in that moment, a feeling of being immersed in music and surrounded by a magical environment, just a sensory experience of calm and joy, coupled with the sensitivity and openness of a nine-year-old, vividness and precision in the music and in the memory and in the environment around me. The Police were the first band to truly combine reggae and rock on a global stage. When Sting brought Roxanne to the band, the band's first hit, he played it on guitar as a bossa nova with his penchant for fancy chords and melodies. Andy Summers, the guitarist, was like, Hey Sting, we're in the punk scene. We're gonna get killed playing this fancy bossa nova shit. Let's play around with this a bit and take from some reggae and some rock and some punk and all these places and see what we can come up with. And what they did come up with, was a rhythm and a formula that was replicable across their entire career as a band. This affinity for sophistication, refinement, and precision in performance, production, composition, and overall musicality is something that was always a part of reggae music long before it found its way into the mainstream. Through the late 60s and 70s, music from Jamaica made its way into England at first appealing to the West Indian immigrant community's first-generation children, and then the white English counterculture movement, who related to reggae's themes of protest, the thing that would ultimately connect reggae with punk, bringing the more refined elements of reggae and its use of space into punk with bands like The Clash and The Police. From artists like Bob Marley, the first reggae megastar, to the more underground Aswad for those that felt Marley was too watered down, To the more militant British-born Steel Pulse, who had their first hit with Ku Klux Klan, a song that warned of a looming white supremacy movement in England. To The Clash, one of the first punk bands to effectively take elements of reggae and channel them into their own music. And ultimately, the police, who fully fused reggae and rock unapologetically, the evolution of reggae dub and ska in England, and how its roots in protest and counterculture have weaved its way through both the white English and the West Indian English communities, is one of the most interesting stories of artistic and social-cultural development in history. Years later, I find myself, at the age of 16, driving around with my friend Bob, a lifelong musical collaborator, drummer, and overall tastemaker. When Bob was playing something in his car, even if you didn't get it at first, you listened and you asked questions. He was always playing something very different, and genre really didn't matter. On that particular day, he was playing reggae, and it sounded particularly newer than what you would normally hear when people were playing reggae, which was usually Bob Marley. It was clean and tight, and it had a lot of moving parts, and it sounded like there were synthesizers and other somewhat less rootsy reggae organic sounds. It sounded modern and different. I asked Bob who it was, and he said Steel Pulse. I made a mental note. Years later, I would hear a cover of one of the police's mega hits, Can't Stand Losing You, done by Steel Pulse. The irony was interesting a legendary British reggae band covering a song by a group of white Brits who arguably appropriated their music style for their own benefit. But hey, a good song is a good song, and Steel Pulse's rendition is ridiculously good. I highly recommend it. For years, reggae in Britain was something for the counterculture. It wasn't something you'd ever hear on the radio. It was considered by the media to be simple music for simple people as compared to rock and roll and only when it was made to be smarter by blending it with rock by artists like Eric Clapton doing his rendition of Bob Marley's I Shot the Sheriff would the media take it seriously. Ironically, what we would later come to understand is the intense level of sophistication in reggae music and the influence that it actually lended to teaching rock music about taste, sound, and sophistication, not the other way around. And taking it a step further, what Jamaican culture and reggae music would teach the world about civilization, enlightenment, and progress, not the other way around.
0: I guess this is our last goodbye.
1: We just, listened. <laughs> do, do, do. We, we just listened to a bunch of plays off, off the record, on the record. Good, we just listened to a bunch. A good shit, and um, I, I want to... We, we bantered already. <laughs> we forgot to We're press record. Now,
0: but filler, I got to tell you, this okay. was summer, let's see, 19, summer of 1997, mm. and lots of time was spent at 218 at Pete's house, That's in right. the back, drinking, whatever, and you and Pete, uh, Pete played... Outlandis Moore like nonstop. Right. Nonstop. So I remember, and the I was. Summer music. I was not into The Police that much. But I bought the CD, and I went down to Vanderbilt for my senior year, mm-hmm. and I literally, like, played that album, like, nonstop. There's, death, there's yeah. some funny songs on there, like Peanuts. That yeah. song, BEEN! That's like, it's just like so random I mean this but, is
1: like This is a, uh, their first pr- Their first full length Yeah And so like They're like Hold uh, on I just yeah. I just
0: Sorry to t- But oh, 1978 okay. that came out And that's the same year That the Genesis Like just think about How different these two bands sound They're right. both from England They're both considered Progress It's prog kind of crazy
1: it's, it's crazy So the late 70s How different like, a sound the, are they? Like you, you hear what bands are Happening yeah. That are very new And then you think about The other stuff that was coming out at that time with bands that had been established for a while and like, oh man, the talking heads were just starting Mm -hmm. to happen. The police were just starting to happen. Uh, David Bowie had already been happening Mm -hmm. and influencing all of like what a modern sound should Mm be. Um, Some other bands were kind of like dying off. Like the Zeppelin thing wasn't really happening anymore. Yeah. Um, Taking
0: a breather. The Rolling Stones were taking a little breather. Yeah.
1: And covering and these newer albums sounded very modern. hmm Um and so it's, it's interesting. but like yeah, even the first like even the first police album sounded very, very modern and then their following albums sounded more progressively modern with mm-hmm, each one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you know. so
0: interesting that you brought the, the reggae, you know the, the reggae connection to so, that.
1: So that's, that's what I think is a big influence at least with uh, respect to the police, directly mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. respect to the police is that the reggae sound was so... uh, um, A big thing with reggae and Jamaican music, I mean, these guys were so concerned with great recording, great production, great performance, great arrangement, um, really strong attention to that nuance. Mm -hmm. And I think that really informed when it found its way to these suburban white kids Mm -hmm. in England that were psyched to play music I think it really, that, that's, that's the big influence. It's like, no, 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 this is how you do it. Yeah. Like, this is how you, this is how you make, you you can't just play well. Yeah. You got to record it well. Yeah. You got to really pay attention to the nuance. You really got to be a pro. And I think that was, that was uh, really what informed them.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Um, You know, when you, when you suggested that you were going to do this um, and I found that NPR article I sent it to, to you both about you know all the bands that were you know English bands influenced by reggae of course the Clash and, and Eric Clapton was one of them and I was laughing thinking about when we were like talking about his cover of like, I Shot sure. the Sheriff you know and but like you go back and you listen and there's so much random reggae in like this this British it's just a strange um pairing in my in yes, my opinion it is like, I don't
1: it doesn't seem like a likely pairing yeah. And it's like uh, it's it's like the DNA of reggae music of music from Jamaicans and like West Indian people mm-hmm. in um, in English music has like it's found its way into everything since yeah, the late seventies.
0: It goes back. And yeah. how did you get into Steel Pulse? Because that is a good band. I did not know much about um, them at all.
1: You know, I've never been like a huge reggae guy, but like it's like still pulse and, and a few other bands like, like Aswad have like come in and out of my life over the years. Um, just like kind of by accident, Mm -hmm. like people that I've played music with over the years, whose taste I respect that happen to be into these guys. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, Oh yeah. They're amazing. Like, Oh yeah. I remember I was kind of into them for, for at a certain point and then I get back into it and I, Lose, uh, we got to get Bob it, Bob in the studio. Let's get Bob in here. Yeah, yeah. It's the
0: second time you brought a, a story about Bob.
1: No doubt. Yeah, That's Vaccarelli? One of my best, of my best Wait, dudes.
0: Vaccarelli's Bob? Yeah. Bob Is he a brother? Oh, yeah. Adam. Well, Adam and Adam Bob, Bob
1: are the guys that I grew up playing music yeah, with. Uh, okay. Uh, always influences on me. Uh, right. Probably the reason that I went from having a hobby as a... He's one old, uh, having a, a lifelong uh, pursuit, and he's than, the one
0: who's that. who drove the post the mail truck. He, yeah, f- it. it, it wh-
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh,
0: yeah. Bob's
1: the real deal, yeah. but go. Bob always Bob always was a, a taste maker. Mm-hmm. A musician, uh, a good musician has taste mm-hmm. first and foremost, mm-hmm. and then they learn to play, and then they learn to. But taste is where it starts. Mm-hmm. Taste is where everything starts.
0: I got to sit with that reggae version of Can't Stand Losing You, because I I love... It's cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's cool. cool. Steel Pulse does a
1: cool cover of that, and that's later in their career. Yeah. Um, But Steel Pulse is...
0: There aren't too many covers of Police songs out there.
1: No, and that's why this was a a hard hard band to tackle in our um, format. Yeah. Uh, Wait,
0: can you speak a little bit about the other dudes in in the Police? Because obviously Sting is like you know he's such a known presence known entity kind of on you know you
1: know all all these guys like andy summers is like this very tasteful versatile guitarist with this with this very nice sound and you know sting is obviously like this guy that's this very tasteful bass player this very controlled bass player with this incredible voice yeah such a unique voice and and this you know uh he's an incredible songwriter
0: does he write Um, most of their songs
1: yeah. I mean I, I don't know what the breakdown would be as far as like yeah. what
0: But they they write them.
1: I mean I would imagine they they they're all credited with mm-hmm. writing those songs mm-hmm. together. That's, that's um cool. but uh they're a power trio. Mm-hmm. They're they're three all stars. Like they're they're three guys that are like heroes for guitarists and drummers and yeah. And Sting when
0: him. he had his solo career, remember that? It was like a little cheesy with the field of, Fields of gold. gold so I
1: actually, you know, it's kind of funny. Like I actually like those <laughs> songs. Like, yeah. like I, I like Sting's like super clean, refined style, mm. and um, I like that song "Fields mm. of Gold." Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a real sucker for like a. For
0: All right shake it off well that was episode 18 everyone we hope you enjoyed it we certainly did ourselves and we hope you'll join us next week where we find ourselves heading down to africa <laughs> for a little toto um. <laughs> toto we hope you'll join us until next week lookout streets here we come